0: hello and welcome to the Social Enterprise Alliance podcast driven to serve the often overlooked people management needs for the social impact sector, Lisa Brown Alexander set out to build a market where one didn't exist. She founded nonprofit HR, the leading talent management firm in the country that works exclusively with the nonprofit sector. today fueled by the passion of a hundred plus employees and consultants nationwide, her thriving company is helping many of the nation's most prominent nonprofit organizations get ahead through smart people management strategies. In the process, they're changing the way an entire sector thinks about talent and culture. Lisa has inspired nonprofit HR to become a force that thousands of nonprofit and talent management leaders look to for consulting services, thought partnership, sector-specific hiring, and executive search needs, professional development, and information. Thanks for listening to the Social Enterprise Alliance podcast. Please welcome Lisa Brown Alexander.
1: Well, Lisa, thank you so much for joining us today here on the Social Enterprise Alliance podcast. Welcome.
2: Thank you. Thank you for having me. So,
1: first off, really would love to hear your story, your background, and how did you first get involved in HR, especially specifically within this nonprofit social enterprise space?
2: Sure. Thanks for the question. I began my career actually in the for profit sector, working for a large multinational consulting firm. But the area that I worked in was International employee benefits. That was my foray into human resources, not by design, but probably more by accident. After working with that large consulting firm for a couple of years, I took a role, actually a lesser role, at a nonprofit to work in their human resources department and went from being a specialist in the benefit space to more of a generalist. And that was kind of the beginning of my journey. Over the next Ten to 15 years, I built a career across three different nonprofit organizations in support of both their internal and their external human resources needs. Each of them were membership organizations, and what I was observing after having worked at each one is that they shared something in common. One, their internal HR needs were significant. Two, the HR needs of their members, which were also nonprofit organizations, were significant. And that led me to realize that there was a need for nonprofit centric HR support and consultation, hence the creation of nonprofit HR in 2000.
0: That's awesome. That's so interesting. And I'm just curious, what motivated that switch to working at that nonprofit initially, that first one after working in the for-profit space?
2: I wanted to become more of a generalist, which I knew would be my entree into learning even more about human resources beyond benefits and compensation, or what we now call total rewards. So I wanted to move from being a specialist to more of a generalist. That role was an assistant. I was assisting the director of HR at a large nonprofit, and that gave me everything I needed to know to get started on my journey. And that organization, by the way, was focused in city government and city management. From there, I moved back to the for-profit sector for a hot second, only to realize that I really did prefer the for-profit world. And then my last stint before forming Nonprofit HR was with another large trade association focused on long-term care. So as you can see, very different mission focuses, but that shared need for nonprofit informed human resources consultation.
1: What really lights you up within this work?
2: Ultimately, how people move through an organization is directly correlated to how successful the organization is. Even a volunteer-led nonprofit depends on people. And if those people feel connected, if they feel committed, if they feel like they belong, they can absolutely help the organization realize transformative outcomes, not just for the organization, but in the nonprofit sector, most importantly, the communities where those organizations serve. And so to me, there's a direct link between good people practices and organizational outcomes that ultimately improve the quality of life for individuals around the country and around the world. So I think it's just absolutely connected and integrated. I love that perspective.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. We've we've talked a good bit on this podcast and just in our work with SEA about employee wellness and that organizational culture and how it really is important to prioritize that in order to create a more successful mission. So it's cool to hear it talked about in like this HR lens and perspective.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. There's definitely a connection and I've been in the space now 30 plus years, and I have never seen an organization that neglects its talent management health achieve its outcomes. Wow. If the organization is unhealthy, if it's toxic, if there are dysfunctional relationships, if there's inconsistent behavior, lack of equity and belonging, all of those things trickle through to how they show up in the community. And so it matters. Culture absolutely matters. That's awesome.
1: We were preparing to ask, you know, whether you're a nonprofit, for profit, why it's so important to invest in HR. But I think that you've just answered that question related to that question, though, is wherever someone might be at. Let's, let's say we know there's an organization. They understand why the investment is needed. They're having social impact. They agree that the impact that they can have is only as effective as their employee culture might be. Where does someone? begin or take the first steps to make that a reality and take those actions?
2: I'm going to go back and say the first step is to recognize why it's needed. <laughs> yeah. So, right, a lot of people will say, oh, well, we, I guess we need an HR person. But you have to understand that there's value to investing in this space. I think the next thing after recognition and understanding the importance is to um, move into setting a foundation of trust. Everything in an organization's cultural health relates to trust. So do you set policies that support and advance that trust so that people can come in and feel like they can do their best work without someone sitting on their shoulder, which we know regardless of age or demographic, that's an important thing. So setting policies that are broad enough to give you the leeway to recognize individual situations but consistent enough to keep your organization out of trouble. And then recognizing that you want to create a brand for yourself. How are people talking about you or how do they perceive you if they're considering your organization as a place to work? What's the word on the street about your, your social enterprise and how do you ensure that you build a reputation that people are attracted to? Ultimately human resources comes down to traction, retention recognition, development. So there's some fundamental blocks, and it can be technical. There are a lot of compliance matters that one has to be aware of. But the first step is recognition of the need for the function, or at least a focus on it, and then embracing practices that support trust and belonging.
0: That's awesome. That's fantastic. And as someone who is a consultant in the HR space, do you often run into nonprofit or maybe for-profit social enterprise organizations that say, well, we just don't have the funds for that. We just can't make it a priority financially. How do you respond to that statement?
2: Yeah. I mean, I understand resources are limited, right? And especially in the nonprofit world, and even for for for-profit social enterprises, which we consider ourselves to be a nonprofit HR, right? But you have to ask yourself, what's the cost of doing nothing if you can't afford to spend money maybe to pay people where they want to be paid if you don't recognize their need for recognition in some way or another you're ultimately going to pay anyway so sometimes we can be a little penny wise and pound foolish and end up kind of losing out anyway because we're so focused on money and what we can't afford to do and pay the cost for that meaning high turnover high dissatisfaction, negative ambassadors out in the marketplace in the community that could negatively affect your brand. All of those things cost money, whereas sometimes proactive steps can cost a lot less.
0: Yeah, that's super powerful. I think that's super important to recognize. So it's interesting because we've seen just in the last several years, I think particularly around like tech startups, you know, that just grow really, really quickly, but have not had any HR structures in place and how that just time after time after time just does not work out well for them. So I think there's some cautionary tale in that for sure. Mm
2: -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. There are a lot of large brands that um, initially started out well, and then they've got some kind of unmanaged Mm -hmm. scandal that takes their company down. And oftentimes those unmanaged scandals relate to workplace behavior, leadership behavior. We saw a lot of that um, after the murder of George Floyd, right? We saw organizations waving the DEI flag and putting out really um, strong, aggressive statements that they couldn't back up. They didn't have the receipts for those statements. And their staff immediately outed them. And then the organization had to backpedal. Right. So, again, if you create that that environment of trust, if you're walking the walk and talking the talk, um, it won't yeah. backfire on you nine times out of ten. It won't say completely, but nine times out of ten, it won't. And therefore, you can keep building your organization's brand reputation, even with donors um, and other uh, external stakeholders. Awesome.
1: Yeah, I, I love that perspective of making sure that all stakeholders are included in thinking around uh, HR. I think that that's a fresh perspective. Like there's a misconception when you think about HR, it's strictly in this uh, employee lane, you know, um, and it's solely about employee wellness and redefining what that might be. But but there does seem to be this uh, greater sense and push for what is true employee wellness, what is truly needed for, you know, work-life balance. In the world of human resources, what are some other big misconceptions that you see on a regular basis that maybe I'm not aware of because I'm just thinking about uh, the employee track, but when we think about the other stakeholders or the larger pieces of of the puzzle, what are the misconceptions that you Mm -hmm. see on a regular basis?
2: Well, one of the misconceptions is that HR is either only about policy or only about party planning, right? Right. Um wait, and, wait, and it's, it's not, either um, one of those things. No. <laughs> and no, no, it's not. We're not just the no police, right? So um, policy is important because there are local state and federal laws that organizations have to comply with. But HR goes so much further than, than policy making and rulemaking. It's about creating environments and, and um, cultures where individuals can thrive. Um, in terms of other stakeholders, right, most typically with nonprofits, you're going to have boards, volunteers, uh, donors, funders. Uh, each of those stakeholder groups um, have some intersection with HR, but it's, it's fairly limited in most organizations to the staff and the management and, and sometimes the board. HR is a management issue, not a governance issue. And so boards of directors are um, required, and by practice anyway, to keep an arm's length distance from the day-to-day goings on of an organization. So they're there to kind of help set high level policy and to make sure the organization doesn't expose itself unnecessarily to any fiduciary harm or other reputational harm. The volunteers are sometimes managed by the HR department, if there is a department or the HR leader. And so there's some intersection there. Uh, with donors, the connection is that um, I, as a donor, might be negatively impacted by the news uh, that I hear about an organization if its practices are unhealthy. And that may alter my decision to make a financial contribution to an organization that's kind of has a bad reputation. In terms of funders, from a funding perspective, I'm going to want to make sure that my investment in your organization is a good one and that I'm not putting bad money after good. So I'm going to want to know what your people practices are like. Tell me about your turnover. Tell me about your, your diversity, equity, and inclusion practices. Tell me about how you compensate your staff. Are you Are you paying fairly? Are you paying a livable wage? Those are things that increasingly funders wanna know. So there is kind of points of intersection of HR to each of those major stakeholder groups.
0: That's so fascinating. So a lot of our members in Social Enterprise Alliance um, are on the smaller side in terms of number of staff. Um, So if they're in the process of wanting to develop an HR department, what would be the first priorities? for like a smaller size organization?
2: Well, depending on their growth trajectory, I would say a focus on attraction, development, and retention. Those would be the three things that I would focus on. How am I bringing people in? Am I moving people quickly through the um, employee or the candidate pipeline in the experience? Do I create a good experience for people wanting to um, give my their time and talent to my organization. From a development perspective, am I creating opportunities for everyone on my team to keep learning, right? Not necessarily get promoted, because if you have four people, there's nowhere to be promoted to. But can I keep learning? Can I keep deepening and enriching my skills so that I can continue to build my portfolio of knowledge? From a retention perspective is, am I doing the right things as an organization to keep people? Am I giving them autonomy, flexibility? Do I convey trust and confidence in their ability to do the work? And am I collaborating with them to build better, bigger, stronger solutions for the communities where I serve? If you just start there as a small organization, that kind of covers the major umbrellas. And of course, compensation, um, you know how you pay people factors into the attraction factor as well. But start small. Don't feel like you have to do everything, know what you know, know what you don't know, meaning get the help of someone to help you be compliant, both at the local and the state level, and of course, at the federal level. There are some guidelines and policies and regulations that don't apply to the smallest of organizations, and others do, so your size matters and will help you understand what you need to focus on from a compliance perspective and what you can ignore.
1: Well, (laughs) <laughs> that actually leads us really good because I want to make sure people are aware of how to get to you. But the know what you know and know what you don't that know what you don't. I'm like, okay, where do I start? Uh, so clearly, uh, you're passionate about that and have this uh, resources available. So how can people get connected with you and your work at nonprofit HR and, and what offerings are available for, uh, the network of social enterprise alliance?
2: Thanks for that question, David. So Nonprofit HR is a full-service, for-profit consulting firm that works exclusively with the social impact space. And by that, we mean associations, foundations, charitable organizations, and social enterprises. We offer services in five core areas, human resources outsourcing for those organizations that need kind of ongoing support. Uh, Equity, Diversity and Inclusion for those organizations wanting to advance their inclusion practices. Total Rewards, which focuses on benefits and compensation. We also have a search practice to help you find talent at the professional and the executive levels. And finally, we have a strategy and advisory practices that helps organizations with project needs support or uh, project-based support um, in all kinds of areas, including performance management, workplace culture, um, organizational development, strategic planning, um, all of those good things. So just about anything having to do with people, we can help you with, including HR tech, which falls into our total rewards practice. Our website, if you want to find us online, is nonprofithr.com. No hyphens or anything, just all one word, nonprofithr.com. We have a presence on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and I believe we might even be on TikTok. Don't ask me because I'm. um, (laughs) I think we're trying to get there. That's awesome!
0: That's so great. Well, this has been very enlightening, Lisa. We really appreciate you coming on and just sharing your knowledge, your expertise, and your passion with us today.
2: Absolutely, my pleasure. Thanks for having me.